0: Hello, STEM Nation, Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 72 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Matt, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Matthew earned a Bachelor of Science in Software Engineering and Mathematics from the University of Wisconsin at Platteville and is a Technical Solution Consultant at Google. Welcome to the show, Matt. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, so I've been with Google for about a year now, and prior to that, uh, in college, I interned at Cole's department store in their IT department, working as a software engineering intern uh, for two years. And uh, prior to that, uh, I received my private pilot's license as a hobby uh, when I was a senior in high school. And I think that about sums up quickly my my history.
0: Thanks for that, Matt. And let's dig right in here. So you do have a software engineering degree. I do. Could you describe the difference between computer science and software engineering? And then we'll go into why you actually pick software engineering.
1: To me, the difference between computer science and software engineering really stems down to uh, things like system design thinking, um, thinking about uh, like system architecture and Processes and almost project management type things, so planning out like dependencies of different components of a software system you're building, figuring out how you're going to implement things, uh, whereas computer science is more so focused on the technologies they actually use, actually use to build things. So um, in college, for example, at Platteville, if you took a computer science major, you do more programming-heavy classes and less uh, system design-level classes, Um so really, it's, it's kind of two sides of the same coin, as you you know, both software engineers and computer scientists are writing code in their day-to-day job. I think it's just a matter of if you enjoy coding all day, every day, versus if you enjoy thinking about system design, uh, how to manage a project from start to finish, uh, testing plans, things of that nature. Uh, then software engineering is uh, a bit more uh, adapted to those types of activities other than just writing code all day.
0: So did you know that going into college the difference between software uh, engineering and computer science?
1: I had no clue going into college uh, yeah no none at all um, And to be completely honest I picked software engineering over computer science initially just because it had the word engineer in the degree uh, and I wanted to be an engineer so I was like oh that's a great a great option um, but as I as I explored the differences and, and I learned what I just shared there um, it was pretty clear to me that while I enjoy writing code I also enjoy, Uh, some of those uh, different types of problems that you need to solve as a software engineer. Again, thinking through like timelines uh, of when things need to get done. I enjoy that aspect of things. So I learned that um, kind of as I went along in my college career.
0: So Matt, so you also have a a mathematics emphasis with your your engineering degree. How valuable has that mathematics emphasis played out to date?
1: To be honest, so far, not very, but I do think it it does help set myself apart from other candidates potentially. So if if a company like Google is looking at two equally qualified candidates, one that has a strict software engineering degree and one that has a software engineering degree with mathematics as a background, I think um, it adds a slight advantage there. Um, and I also think it, it could add a lot of value in my future depending on where my career goes. Um, things like understanding... How computers, for example, do math is something that I learned with my math emphasis in Platteville. Um, So things like that that I haven't actually used yet in my career, uh, I think probably will become important as time moves on. But I've only been out of college for about a year now, so uh, I haven't had the chance really to use it. Uh, At this
0: point, you know, nobody can ever take the education away from you. So, yeah, if you you can add a little minor to your degree, um, a lot of times it only takes a couple of classes. And if you're coming out of high school with a bunch of the AP credits already, look at, you know, adding something to your to your main degree like uh, like Matt did.
1: Yeah, exactly. It took. Me about maybe two or three extra classes to get the math minor. So it was a pretty, pretty easy decision uh, when you look at the time added to the degree, which was basically nothing.
0: Going back to your internships, uh, you said you interned at Kohl's in your IT department. Could you explain what you did uh, in that environment?
1: Yeah. So my first summer, uh, I spent doing uh, mostly front-end development, but essentially it was an internal uh, tool that they used to manage all of their inventory, uh, the products they sell, the products they plan to sell. Uh, things of that nature. And uh, as Kohl's continues to expand their business and starts to sell new types of products, uh, their databases weren't equipped uh, to handle these new attributes that go with new products. So think about like, if you go to a Kohl's store now, you'll see TVs and electronics and things like that, that differs from the normal clothing items you might see. And just need new attributes uh, about them. So like the device manufacturer, the uh, technology used, things of that nature. And the front ends that are Uh, purchasers bought didn't have any way to enter that information. So uh, my job in the summer was really adding uh, UI features, so building new input boxes and buttons and all that kind of fun stuff to provide this data to our database. Uh, And then the second summer was really research-oriented. I was working on a project uh, looking into how we could make the, the terminals that the employees in the stores use to check you out uh, how we can make those mobile, uh, put them on a tablet or give them to the employees on their smartphones, uh, things of that nature. So I spent most of the summer researching and then concluded the summer with a prototype uh, that I was able to use to demo to management uh, in the company.
0: So, Matt, after Kohl's, you you graduated college and then you went on to Google and you're now a technical solution consultant. What does that mean?
1: That's a great question. Um, It means a lot of different things even within the company. Uh, So it's kind of interesting. I've been able to sort of define my own work um, and I've ended up in a place where effectively I'm a software engineer. I'm working on a team with all software engineers doing the same jobs that they're doing on a daily basis. But the premise behind the role of a technical solutions consultant is to spend about, I don't know, 60 to 70% of your time working as a software engineer and the other 30%, 30 to 40% uh, working more in a project management capacity, so interacting with stakeholders, making sure people that aren't technical in their training or in their background uh, understand and can appreciate and uh, really like fully grasp why things are built the way they're built, or if things aren't working, help them understand why they're not working and how long it's going to take to fix, things of that nature. Uh, so there are some of my peers in the technical solutions consultant role work with Google Partners, companies that either provide data from to Google or uh, depend on data from Google uh, and make sure that if they have problems, uh, they can the, te- the technical solution consultant really just bridges the gap between uh, Google's software engineering teams and outside companies software engineering teams uh, to make sure that everybody's on the same page. So it's, it's, it's kind of a mix and it really depends on like what team you end up on. Uh, like I said, my day-to-day, though, is actually mostly like a software engineer's day-to-day job. So, you
0: know, Google's got a, a very good brand recognition, very good name recognition. And I imagine there's a lot of folks out in STEM nation that are like, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to go work at Google. Yeah. Um, You know, so I probably got to go to big name school out in California, right? And, yeah. you know, I'll say you went to Platteville, which is a a smaller school in the corner of, you know, southwest Wisconsin. Yeah. How did you actually get into Google?
1: Yeah, you know, it's really funny you bring that up. Um, When I was at Platteville, I was a tour guide, and I would tell uh, families that came through and prospective students that I had that same thought. As I looked at colleges, I was looking actually at um, both Platteville and Marquette University, which is still, you know, not as nationally recognized, but a much larger name. Um, and I was afraid that by going to a small state school that is probably not known outside of the uh, Midwest, if not like the greater Wisconsin area, uh, I would be setting myself up for not failure, but I would be at a disadvantage. And that turned out to be not the case at all. Um, which I think is kind of as a result of two things, I think first and foremost, it's about getting experiences in college that set yourself apart, whether that be, extracurriculars, uh, sports, whatever it may be. In my case, it was serving a student body president. And I think that really flagged to Google that I was able to excel both inside the classroom and outside of the classroom. But then I think the other the other factor is that I think big companies like Google, Amazon, the likes, um, are really starting to look at diversifying their talent, which means looking beyond the huge tech schools out on the West Coast here. They're really starting to look at these smaller schools that offer really solid engineering, science, math programs uh, because they realize that by getting a diverse set of talent uh, with different backgrounds and different cultural experiences, uh, they're able to build more diverse products. And I think that's really what they're striving for now. So I think it's a combination of two things. One is just the culture I think is starting to change and that talent is being sourced from a broader area now. But also like it's still important to build yourself up and give yourself those experiences that will allow you to stand out on your resume. Yeah,
0: and I think, Matt, this has come up on a couple of podcasts already where, you know, it's just not the grades. It's the activities, the extracurricular activities that you do through high school and into college. So you know, STEM Nation, think about that. Go join clubs, you know, join some leadership positions. Yeah. Um like Matt was saying, he were what you said you were the president of the student the, body at platform. Yeah. Park. Yeah. Right. And that's gonna stand out on the resume. So even if you get you don't have straight A's, you maybe got B's, maybe you got a couple of Cs, but you're you're acting in a leadership role yeah. in the at the university level, that's gonna stand out to employers. So thanks for sharing that, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. So Matt, what is one thing that really has you fired up today?
1: Two different things that come to mind. The one obvious answer I'll give that, and I say obvious because out here it's it's pretty much all that's talked about, which is uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, And specifically, one thing that excites me a lot is this technology that Google just announced relatively recently called Google Duplex, which is basically the Google Assistant, but hyped up. And... Uh, It can do a lot of cool things uh, via phone calls, essentially. So one manifestation of this is that on the Pixel 3, for example, if you get a spam phone call, the phone will actually answer itself. And you can see this Google Assistant manifestation interacting with who they think is a spam caller. And you can see the conversation that your phone is having with some other person. And this is a legitimate conversation that sounds like you're talking to a human, although it's not a human. It's our artificial intelligence system. And so I think it's really neat because the number of applications this could be applied to in the future is it's just endless. I mean, it's, it's incredible the number of opportunities that are opened up with this type of technology. So that's really exciting. And then the other thing that has me fired up that's not the cliche artificial intelligence answer is the wearable space. Uh, Google recently released a project called Jacquard, which has embedded, basically embedded technologically advanced fibers in clothing. And so you can use your jacket for example, to control your smartphone. So you can rub your hand over the cuff of the arm and it'll actually do actions on your uh, Android or iPhone device that you've got in your pocket. So I think that's a really interesting thing. If you think about all the clothes we wear, could be hooked up to technology around you. Uh, I think again, the possibilities there are almost endless.
0: You know, I was not aware of those two tec- technologies. I mean, technology is changing so fast, and just all these different creative ways to to take advantage of things that y- you just never thought of. And it's I think it's going to continue on down that path. So. Um, you know, STEM nation, going for that engineering degree, getting involved with this type of work, this type of development—it's it, pretty awesome, for sure. Matt, we're going to go to an aha moment you've had. You know, could you take us to a moment in time where you had an incredible aha moment and how you turned that into success?
1: I spent some time reflecting over my last year at Google, and I've realized that I haven't really had any like one single large aha moment that things just really clicked. But what I've observed after looking back is it's For me, software engineering specifically is a bunch of little aha moments, and that's what I really enjoy about the job, because there's always some new challenge to solve. And even if it gets you blocked for a half a day or a day, to have that that little aha moment at the end of it makes you feel like you're making progress, makes you feel uh, really rewarded for the effort you put in. Uh, And I think, to me, that's what really stands out uh, about being a software engineer, is that you can have these little victories as you go along, and these... The I guess I'd call it a little aha moment, uh, but yeah, I don't, I haven't thought of any like major epiphany that came to me over the last I don't know five years, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, no worries. It's it's those it's those little inst, maybe not instant gratifications, but the constant reaffirmation of having success as you write the software. I would think.
1: Yeah, exactly. I really enjoy that that part. That it always feels like you're making some progress, even uh, even if you get stuck for
0: a half a day or a day or whatever the case may be. And, you know, in order to, to enjoy that, you kind of got to get through college. So, so Matt, yeah. when you were heading off to Platteville back when you were probably around 18 or so, what are some things that you wish you could tell your 18-year-old self to help you get through college?
1: One thing that I had to find out the hard way uh, through actually I transferring, I, I started off at Kent State University in Kent, Ohio, studying air traffic control, so something completely unrelated to what I'm currently doing. Um, but what I wish I would have known is that it's okay to change your mind about things is okay to make mistakes as long as you're able to learn from it so uh, you know, I, I talked to a lot of prospective students when I was a tour guide at Platteville, and you know, a lot of people talked about how they don't want to have to change majors or transfer, or they just in general didn't know what they wanted to do yet. And I actually think that's a really cool place to be in going to college because you get to explore a lot of different things. And as long as you try something and then you realize it's not for you, and you do that relatively quickly, it's actually a good thing, in my opinion, that you could to explore these different options. Uh, so definitely one thing I would recommend people n- know going into college is it's okay to make changes. It's okay to, I guess, make mistakes in what you think you want to do because you just learn about yourself and you learn about what you really do want to do in your future. Um, so that's that's definitely the biggest thing I would say.
0: Yeah, STEM Nation, it's okay to pivot, you know, make figure that stuff out as quickly as you can, right? But it's okay to pivot in school, right? Figure out something that you really like. That you kind of get passionate about and then drive down that path. So thanks for sharing that, Matt. And we're going to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor, Audible, who's offering a free audiobook. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com. To get a free audiobook of your choosing, if you decide to cancel within 30 days, there is no cost, and you get to keep the audiobook. And Matt, it is lightning round time. Are you ready? Sweet, yeah. I am ready. All right. Hey, what is the best piece of advice you have ever received?
1: Definitely, don't be afraid to fail. Uh, it lets if you let fear prevent yourself from trying, you'll never have the opportunity to succeed in the first place. So, uh, be o- be okay with failure. Just make sure you learn from your failures and move on.
0: And a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: Definitely persistence. It's okay to not get things right the first time, but if you if you stick with it, you'll get it eventually, so don't give up.
0: And a favorite internet resource or phone app?
1: I mean, I think I'm a little biased here, but I'm going to have to go with Google.com.
0: Oh, man, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt, if you had to pick one book, what book would you recommend?
1: Yeah, so specifically for those interested in computer science, software engineering, I recommend uh, a book called Cracking the Coding Interview. Uh, and this is a book that will essentially allow you to ace technical interviews that you might have applying for, uh, technical jobs throughout the, the nation and the world, but specifically like the West coast, all these big name tech companies, it's going to help you a lot with their interview processes.
0: All right. SEMNation, nation go up to the show notes. You can find a link to that book and Matt, as we goes down here, could you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM nation? And then we'll say goodbye.
1: Yeah, I would just say explore your options. Uh, if you go, you know, when you go off to college, like I had mentioned earlier, I, I think it's okay to not know exactly what you want to do. I think a lot of programs, uh, college programs, have uh, courses that allow you to explore those options. So at Platteville, for example, there's a class that you spent two weeks in uh, any different, any number of different disciplines of engineering and technology, so physics and mechanical engineering and software engineering. Uh, and that was a really good experience to explore the different fields in a very quick way to learn uh, what I'm interested in. So definitely, if your school offers something like that, or even look for a school that offers something like that, it really helps uh, you to be able to explore those options and really understand fully what you want to do with your with your career.
0: Yeah, and Matt, I'll add a little something to that. Those those programs, like those tweak programs, a lot of times those are offered to high school students, you know, juniors or seniors during the summertime. Yeah. Um, so take a look at that and go take advantage of that because that can help, you know, figure out what you want to do and probably more importantly, what you maybe don't want to do. So, uh, good insights, Matt. And with that, we will say goodbye. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome, Matt. Thanks for being on. And I hope you enjoyed that chat today with Matt. You can head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoy it, please share it with a friend. Tune in next to a we talk with Jill, who is an engineer at Nike. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM degree.